0: oh what's going on everybody welcome to episode 595 of flow wrestling radio live i'm your host christian piles joined in person by ben funky askrin and a very special guest today i hear the music josh if we can cut that off <laughs> cut the music. we're running it back special guest saturday edition we got david taylor here the magic man hopping on uh, dt let's check in how you doing bud We're great, man. We're we're excited for um, the afternoon. It's been a, a crazy day, a couple of days here at Flow. I'm sure even crazier for you with your news and the match getting pushed back and rescheduled. And is it going to get rescheduled? Uh, so I guess uh, first, first off, just are you feeling good? Everything's good to go on on your end from a from a health perspective. I guess that's priority one.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I feel great. I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, just with The world we live in, you know, contact tracing is, I don't know, I mean, you know, it's really kind of treated as a positive test, you know, with a lot of rules and how you can travel and and everything that goes into it. So, I mean, doing all the precautions that we can do, and I've had multiple negative tests uh, this week, no symptoms. So, as of right now, we're ready to rock and roll uh, on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I guess, you know, what, what was your, what was that? Couple day stretch, like where it was like not only are you not wrestling Saturday, but maybe this match isn't going to happen. How tough was that?
1: Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, it's literally heartbroken. Like I remember, I remember seeing this time when uh, Daniel Cormier was going to fight John Jones, and they told Daniel Cormier like the news that wasn't going to happen. He like broke down in tears, and I remember like seeing that on like a embedded or something for a fight, and that's how I felt. So much energy, time, effort, preparation on so many parties has gone into making this match happen, you know, a gigantic match. And in the last minute, you know, potentially like, man, hey, this event might not happen now, uh, is devastating, you know? And uh, especially for, you know, from for my family and I, because I mean, we, I, I try and treat myself as a professional in as many ways as I possibly can. And that included, hey, for my wife and I, we made a decision we don't want to do anything that could potentially jeopardize this match for the holidays. We stay at home, just my wife, my daughter, and myself. And that was it. We haven't see, you know, we haven't been around other people, um, whether your beliefs on COVID, you know, however you believe on it, it doesn't matter. I like, don't want to jeopardize, you know, the opportunity to go compete at a high level and when you're with other people as well. So, I mean, we're talking about weeks, you know, multiple weeks of just kind of really being self isolated and, um, and, and training with people that, um, also have negative tests. And, uh, you know, obviously, in the last minute to be contact traced uh, was really tough. But, you know, we've all been working together and doing the best we possibly can to safely uh, travel, compete and uh, fulfill, obviously, this this opportunity. So that's where we are right now.
2: Yeah, I I was thinking, obviously, I was kind of on the inside, but not totally. And as Thursday was going on and, and you guys were going back and forth and trying to get this thing rescheduled. I, I kind of I know I texted Christian. and I said I felt for like for a while it may not happen. And then for me, that was sad because it's not like you guys are the same weight class and we're just going to get to see it two months from now. Right. It's like, shoot, if this doesn't happen, it might not happen. Did you ever have that feeling like it wasn't going to happen or was the whole time it was like, yeah, let's just figure out how we're going to get this on the calendar.
1: Yeah, I, I think my first, you know, inst- my first kind of feeling was this isn't going to happen. You know, uh, like yeah. just just so many moving parts and uh, that was tough, you know, it just it was tough. It's tough in a lot of ways. And it, again, um, but, you know, luckily uh, everything is is still been moving forward. You know, there's been people are, you know, contacting me and asking what's going on. I'm like, man, it's just it's changing by the minute, you know, just trying to, you know, do everything we can to be flexible. Obviously, the event is moved from Austin to Lincoln. Uh, You know, obviously, I wouldn't really prefer to be wrestling in Lincoln. I would rather be wrestling in Austin, you know, where where you guys headquarters are and you've had so much established chemistry and making this event happen. But if that's what has to happen for the event to happen, I'm flexible, you know, and that's kind of been it from the beginning is what do we got to do to make this happen? You know, what what do we got to do? And understanding that there's multiple parties. You have Jordan, you have myself, um, as well as you guys and putting on the event. And that just seemed to be the path of of least resistance to make it happen. And I got to travel one way or the other. um, And... You know, hopefully everything uh, stays on track and Wednesday's the go day.
0: Yeah. How has how have you been feeling training wise up up to this point? Obviously, Jordan presents. I mean, you wrestled Gabe Dean not that long ago, but Gabe Dean and Jordan Burroughs like stylistically couldn't probably be much more different. Uh, how is your your preparation <laughs> been the, the last uh, couple weeks or so? It's been really good.
1: Um, I think, you know, in looking back at, at when this started, the back and forth of this event, and you know, I think it was, you know, even for, for me, from a personal perspective, you know, 2018 World Championships was the last time it was like, hey, we're peaking for this event. It's this the biggest event in the world, you know, you have the opportunity to be a world champion. You know, it's something that, you know, just like that, the excitement of a competitor going into that event is just, is heightened. You know, it's like, man, this is the real deal. I've been training for this my entire life. Uh, this is, you know, I'm, I'm peaked and I'm the absolute best uh, in the best shape that I possibly could be in. So I think, uh, sorry, I think mm-hmm. that uh, this is the really the first time I've been able to feel that again. And I think that was the idea of wrestling. You know, Jordan and I both is, hey, there's not a world championships. This is an event that clearly we're both going to be, I have all these stupid alerts rolling through my phone right now. <laughs> I got, uh, you know, this is an event that. We're both clearly gonna take really serious in our preparation um, we're gonna treat it as a world championships you know this is a match that's it's as tough for both of us as any match that we could line up the entire world and and we're gonna treat it as such so I think my training has has been leading up to it as I would if I was in an event like that I feel the same you know I feel that same like excitement uh, to step on the mat and put forth you know obviously I'm gonna need my best performance when I step out there. Um, and I feel really confident that I can put my best performance out there. So um, whether it was going to be, tomorrow, uh, I guess, today, Saturday, or if it's going to be delayed a couple of days, um, you know, I, I, I feel great.
2: Nice. So uh, let's go back to the Gabe D match. He, uh, Christian brought it up. And maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but prior to that, when I think about your uh, Pan Ams or World Championships, there, there wasn't a match that was that close that late. Um, you'd kind of widen the gap on everyone. I don't even recall when the last one is, maybe the 2017 trials or something like that. Um, Is it good to have felt that knowing that, I mean, I told Krishna, I can't see one way or the other where David versus Jordan's a blowout. I think it's gonna be really competitive down to the end of the match. Was it good to have felt that again? Because I know, you know, as a competitor, it's different when you're blowing someone out versus when it's down to the wire.
1: Definitely. I mean, Gabe is is really tough. You know, obviously Mm -hmm. there's uh, no one can can debate that. And I think stylistically, you know, he, he presented a style that was similar to maybe the Cuban that I've wrestled a couple of times, Torra who I've had a battle, you know, and scored mm-hmm. tough points on. And that's probably in preparing for that match and thinking about common opponents, that's probably been the one. And and Blanca has probably been a guy that's gave me my most competitive matches, you know, over mm-hmm. the last couple of years. I wouldn't say competitive matches, but matches like that, that were low scoring. Um, also, I think just a couple other factors is, you know, I hadn't competed, you know, in a while. I didn't compete since I wrestled Miles Martin. And at that was the peak drama of this match with Jordan, was right before that match. You know, it was, uh, you know, the match was locked up and ready to go before he wrestled Zaheed. You know, after the Zaheed match, you know, Jordan kind of, uh, it wasn't locked up anymore. So I'm, you know, it was, the idea was we both were going to wrestle, was locked up, he was wrestling Flint, he was Gabe Dean, and then we were going to wrestle. Um, and then it got kind of delayed. There was some backstage drama, so that was on my mind heavily, and it was hard mm-hmm. to separate the two. You know, you have this like giant, this guy you're wrestling, but you have this this warrior and this beast that's that's standing in the way. It's like I got to be prepared. So it was a good learning experience for me. You know, especially if with these one-off matches, it's they're not tournaments. You know, Ben, mm-hmm. you could probably yeah. uh, attest to this. You know, when you're doing a fight and you maybe have a big fight lined up down the road, but you have a really tough fight you got to get ready for. You know, that's not something in wrestling we usually do. Um, so, you know, yeah, that, that, that was tough, you know, and, and uh, D- Gabe obviously had, had just wrestled the U S nationals just prepared for the eight man tournament. So he was pretty much in his peak and in his prime. And I was kind of in the infancy of my training to get ready to wrestle Jordan, which had been planned for later in December. So, um, that match was tough. I mean, that was one of the toughest dogfights I've been in, in a while, you know, and, uh, it felt good to feel that and, uh, definitely. I was able to, I could kind of take back from that some things I needed to work on to continue to be prepared. But that's why you compete. It's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be great. Um, I think those are matches in my past that, you know, I've kind of talked about before where sometimes I used to find ways to lose rather than find ways to win. You know, that was a match Mm -hmm. I had. I definitely had to dig down and and find a way to make it happen, even though I didn't feel my greatest and got the job done. Now I was able to prepare and definitely, uh, like I said, I feel really prepared, ready for this match.
0: A lot of talk coming into this match has centered around pace. Both of you have won matches with a variety of things, but your pace comes up a lot. You wrestle yes. maybe the hardest pace in the world. Maybe Jordan does. Who knows? But both of you guys use it as a weapon. Like Jordan's a little different. Is that like when he ha- he has this like sprint that he can just go into and it's like a guaranteed point. Whereas you, it's just this constant constant pressure. Um, have you thought about like? Am I going to be able to make pace a factor here? Or do you think that's necessary for you to beat Jordan?
1: I think it's always something that's in my favor. Um, I mean, I think in in going to this match, you know, I think, uh, you know, obviously everyone thinks about it. You know, we're we're going into it. So I've thought about different scenarios and how the match could potentially play out. I think, you know, just based on our history of when we wrestled, you know, whether it was six years ago, or it's been in in training camp, however it may be, I mean, it's, uh, you know, typically back and forth, you know, and I think um, the difference in when I wrestle in training camp and when I wrestle in real competition is in training camp, winning and losing isn't my priority. When You know, at that point, it's pushing myself so I can put my best performance forward uh, when I compete. I've talked about that. I make tons of mistakes in practice. You know, I get scored on a lot in practice. I don't get scored on nearly as much in competition. So in um, going to this match, yeah, I think I'm, I'm gonna wrestle at a pace that I feel benefits me, but also that's gonna put myself in the best situation to be successful. Um, and, and in doing so, yeah, I'm gonna push a pace. I'm gonna look to score frequently and a lot and create scrambles and create opportunities as I would anyone else in the world. Um, and obviously wrestling Jordan, he has a skill set that, uh, you know, obviously it, it's something that benefits him as well. Um, But the difference is when he gives up points, uh, you know, he kind of always can rely on that. I can always come back. Um, And with me, I guess I have something similar as well where I can give up points. I feel like I can always come back. So I think, like you said, it's something that we both, it's a skill set that we both possess. And it's interesting that going into a match, uh, you'll really be able to challenge that from both perspectives.
2: Yeah, so I I see the same thing. I mean, my take is that. Pace is not going to be a huge factor because you guys are both so good at it. But when you watched the Zahid match, which was a couple months ago, you know, Jordan gave up the, those early scores. And obviously we know, we know Zahid's explosive, but he was really reliant on his pace and he really slowed Zahid down as the second period went on. So is you know attacking at the beginning and scoring points, because you know I can't imagine you think you're going to wilt the same way that Zahid did. Is that a, a point of emphasis for you?
1: To not wilt? No,
2: no, no, opposite, to score, or to make sure you score early. Because to me, in the Zahid uh, match, it looked like Jordan, like you said, was like, okay, I can give these points up because I know I'm going to be able to put a pace on him and come back in the second. Whereas, you know, against against you, I don't think pace is going to be a factor for either party.
1: Well, I think that, uh, you know, one way or the other, that, you know, as we get later in that match, what happens in the first three minutes, I don't think is going to be as much of an outcome of what happens in the last three minutes. Um, mm. I think, you know, like I said, but I, I do believe that neither, I think we're both gonna have a, a little heightened sense of scores that maybe, um, that we're gonna fight and not wanna give up, knowing that the other guy is in great shape, you know, and yeah. that sc- I think scoring is gonna be difficult. Those opportunities to score, you gotta make the most of them. And that's just, when you have a match at this high level, I mean, there's no easy point scored. I mean, that's one thing that Jordan, does really well, you know, is he, uh, he, he doesn't give up easy points, you know, and typically if a guy gets them, he can kind of relax and, or not relax, relax. you know, he knows he can come back and get them with me. I don't think he's going to feel that way. So he's going to definitely really be disciplined. I believe in his, in what he's doing and not want to give those easy points. Same with me. I don't want to give up easy points knowing that, Hey, this guy obviously is, uh, is very, very tough in the second period as well. So not that either one of us give up easy points. I just think that those points are, uh, those, those points are obviously, I wouldn't say they're going to be harder to come by because mm-hmm. I think that we'll both score, um, but they're going to mean a little bit more. And I, mm-hmm. I believe that with Valencia, he felt like he had to come out hard early because I don't think he has a lot of confidence late in matches. So I think he needed mm-hmm. to get up early. Um, and it just happened, you know, I think he got up early and when Jordan started coming, you know, it was, it was a lot. Um, but obviously not taking too much into that because, you know, Zid hasn't practiced or probably hasn't competed a lot since his suspension you know obviously that was his first one back in what a world and almost a year so mm-hmm. i wouldn't read too much into what happened there but i think there's enough there's enough data of how jordan and i wrestle that you can probably uh come to some pretty pretty good assumptions of of what the what the uh how the pace and the scoring is going to happen throughout the match
0: thinking about you know so much it's kind of funny to how much the conversation turns to the 2014 saga with you guys with the open and world team trials and much has been discussed about like the changes in, in both your wrestling, right? Like, obviously not only have you grown, but you've gotten way, way better from, from that point. And Jordan has evolved as well. What do you see as maybe the two biggest differences in, or as the biggest differences for each of you guys from 2014 to
1: now? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd say the, probably the biggest difference for me is just the complete match. You know, I, I kind of talked pretty openly about that with my interview with Mike Mao is, you know, at that point in time, like how many times had I been challenged for a full match, you know, and in and, and doing so, uh, the weight cut that I, I used to have to put forth, my diet, nutrition, all those things, you know, and I think ultimately played into a factor later in those matches. So, you know, I've been in deep waters and I like to pull my partners in the deep waters now and understanding what that feels like. Um, I think that's where Jordan had so much of a uh, advantage at that point in time, was he knew how to go to deep waters and swim, you know? And I think now that's one thing he knows, you know, he's mentioned it, he knows in the back of his mind that that's maybe something that he had to advantage then, and he doesn't have an advantage anymore. Um, and then he's taken the fact of just growth of both competitors, you know, just he's, uh, he's been competitive uh, on a high level for an extremely long time. So he knows knows what it takes to win, you know? And uh, that's why a match of this magnitude is exciting as a competitor because you're truly wrestling one of the all time greatest of all time. And to be able to go challenge yourself against someone of that caliber is a good opportunity. What
0: do you see t- tactically? um I, I think a-, a priority for anyone wrestling you is not letting you set your collar tie and go to work pulling on their head because you're just so so dangerous from that position. What do you see Jordan doing to to mitigate that that position?
1: Well, I think it's it's just what Jordan does really well. Um, I think he is going to want to use the edge. I mean, he's great on the edge defensively and offensively. I mean, he in some of his matches that are really close and tough i mean edge wrestling has been an outcome there whether he can not get pushed out you know turn around make it in his takedown i mean even those even back when we wrestled you know there was a couple instances where he was able to kind of use that um and i think just he said he's a hand fighter but i I just don't think that's something that he's going to want to do with me i think he's going to create space um and utilize that to his advantage i guess you know, but that's what everyone does to me. Everyone is blocking and posting and trying to back up. And that's just, I've learned to wrestle through that. We practice it all the time in practice. And uh, but again, not many people are as good as as Jordan. So I'm excited to, uh, to obviously go out and challenge myself against a guy with those tactics.
2: Yeah, I mean, you sp- speak about keeping space, which he is better than anyone at that. Uh, is there someone you can identify in practice that you can have mimic him? Um, because, you know, obviously... He's probably one of the best at it of all time, maybe. Um, so how do you get a feel for that? Who, who's, your, who's your Jordan Burrows in practice?
1: Right. Um, I mean, because y- y- he's a unique combination of, of speed, yes. strength, um, and just determination, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think the guy for me that's probably the closest to that is, uh, is Jason Knopf. Just because of his athletic ability, speed, strength, determination, you know, not wanting to give up scores, athleticism. Um, he's probably, uh, been the best to feel and understand kind of what that's feel like. And it's like, you know, you can't replicate Jordan and you can't replicate me. You know, you can, you can definitely do your best to try and figure those things out. Um, you can have, you know, a plan or whatever you, you think you're gonna going to have going the match, but you got two people that you can try and figure out as much as possible. But once you get in there, uh, you're just going to do what you feel most comfortable doing. Um, so we'll see i mean i again i feel i feel pretty ready and pretty, pretty prepared uh to definitely step out there and i'm definitely looking forward to it
0: competition wise um having never been good at this sport um <laughs> when when you have a date that you're you're keyed in on saturday it gets pushed back four or five days is that a factor no factor i know you're. it's at scratch 86 is that a factor at all
1: uh i mean i've worked really hard um just to have my weight under control obviously going to this match I haven't made weight uh really in two years you know i've I've made weight in twenty eighteen scratch i made weight uh twenty nineteen pan am twenty twenty pan Ams uh twenty nineteen pan ams twenty twenty pan ams you know so obviously um but my weight is not an issue um i've i'm basically been down to weight for a couple of weeks just a matter of of making weight so now it's just you know a couple of days postponement uh really just I was ready to go it's peaked so just a matter of a couple more days it doesn't really change much um, consulting with my coaches and uh, again that doesn't really change my uh, preparation level by any means.
0: obviously you were 74 you bumped up to 86 it, it's been discussed the you know the the work you've had to do to become a, an 86 kilogram guy how how much of a cut is that for you at, at this point?
1: Uh, I mean, as time's gone on, you know, like early on, it it was not much, you know, and at the time, early on, a lot of it was two kilos and day before weigh-in, so it was literally nothing. You know, as my body has continued to to evolve uh, and just grow, um, it, it's gotten a little more challenging, um, but I wouldn't say it's a challenge as much as it just takes a little bit of effort and a little bit of work, but um, I think from most people that have put in a little bit of effort into their weight, it typically you, you feel better uh, rather than just kind of weighing in and just showing up and uh, and not having to really worry about it as much. So it's been, uh, I I like it. I like having um, to stay disciplined and it just helps, I think, in every aspect as a competitor. But I think about the weight issue, you know, I think it's something that is being discussed constantly about how uh, people talk about how, oh, well, you, you left Jordan's weight at 74 kilos. I mean, if you look at the two of us, I'm not a 74 kilo. I really wasn't even a 74 kilo. Then I was really a 79 kilo. You know, I just was stuck, literally stuck mm-hmm. in between weight classes, mm-hmm. um, of where I need to go. And 86 kilos is just the weight class for me. It wasn't, you know, Hey, I, you know, I left because Jordan was in that weight class I mean, that's just kind of silly because I literally was, I couldn't make the weight, you know, I was, had a really difficult time making the weight, um, and just making the decision that 86 kilos was the best decision for me as a competitor. Uh, not because I was leaving weight because of someone else, you know, so I think, you know, that's definitely something that uh, People talk about all the time and I can understand where they get that from um, but clearly 86 kilos has uh, Become the best weight class for me and my long-term Opportunities as a wrestler to be at my best weight class
0: So you were a 65 year your, your last three years of, of college when did that start to get really tough? Obviously your senior year it must have been pretty difficult.
1: All all three years. Really? You know, it wasn't, uh, it really really wasn't an easy, 57 was, was a little challenging, but I was still so young and as a kid, my whole college career, I mean, I hadn't even matured. I didn't even grow facial hair. You know, I, uh, Hmm. I mean, I was just just such a little baby, you know, at the time, you know, I really didn't, most guys are, you know, physically mature, you know, much younger in their careers and I wasn't, I just, I matured really late, I matured late in high school and that kind of was the, the whole way, all the way through college, you know, everyone called me the, the baby face for so long mm-hmm. you know so i just didn't uh my, my dad didn't really mature until he was like 28 years old and that's kind of the same really kind of same thing for me but during that time as my body was growing i just was resisting it and it was it was just challenging it was a it was a really good weight class for our team you know definitely made my our team penn state wrestling the best you know obviously we won four national championships during that time um at 65 or 165 pounds was was the best one and also i also believed 165 was the best weight for me as well you know, I kind of got to that point where i had been cutting weight and I felt like going up in weight class would have been difficult uh, to adjust to. I, I kind of talked about some of the back and neck issues that I was kind of developing during that time. So, uh, but I mean, you, you can't change what you did then, but I can definitely use those experiences of, man, that that significant amount of weight cutting. I um, mean, not that it was like a weight. I wasn't necessarily like the weight cut on a week to week basis. It was just, I was fit. I was just constantly holding my weight down and if i back then if i would just let my body grow i would have made this transition five years ago six years ago seven years ago you know but i just kept holding it keep you know constantly people were like man you got to really consider going up weight class and i just felt like i felt at the time that i wasn't going to be able to i just didn't foresee my you know people that knew a lot more if i if i could go back and say man look at your body look at how it can grow uh you know i maybe would have realized that earlier people much smarter than me were telling me that um, but I was resistant to it.
2: Um, well, so once I, I mean, realize, hand,
1: hey, then this is.
2: Was the lack of seventy nine kilograms also a consideration there? Because obviously, I'm sure even as a college athlete, you're looking. You were looking past it. Okay, I'm gonna. I want to go make world teams and or Olympic teams. Um, and to your point, the seventy four to eighty six gap is it's gigantic. I mean, that's twenty two pounds. It's no more twenty four pounds. 26. 20 oh my gosh 26 pounds my math is terrible so if if the 79 kilogram had been available do you think that's something you would have considered moving up to 174 because then you also have an equivalent freestyle weight class to go into and then compete in the world championships
1: after that yeah definitely I mean again I'm I our, the team aspect was super important to me you know being on a, a successful team and, and what would make our team the best that was always an important aspect to me you know so I, I felt mm-hmm. like it was I had a kind of a duty and obligation to do my best that we could put together our best lineup. So it's not always looking back. Hey, yeah, I would just go up. But yeah, I mean, I think from a from a practical standpoint, if if at the time 174 was a freestyle weight class, yeah, I probably would have. You know, I would mm-hmm. be like, yeah, this would make sense, and then I would just work my way up in 86 kilos. I just, you know, at 163 uh, weight class, just seemed like this was. I'll keep say at 165, and it'll keep me within striking range of 163. Um, and my best performances were usually right after the NCAA tournament, the U.S. Opens, because yeah. I kept my weight down all year. I've been making weight so frequently. You know, I usually have my weight on or controlled by the NCAA tournament that you know, I was only weighing like 167, 168 pounds. It was just like what I was doing to try to keep my weight down to that was, was difficult on my body for sure. Um, and then so the U.S. Open was usually my best performance. And by the time we got to the trials, you know, as my body kind of grew again, it was really difficult to get down and perform at the level I wanted to perform at. Um, and after doing that for a couple years, it just didn't make any sense anymore. So, um, I look back, I mean, I don't regret going up one bit. It was the best decision I possibly could make grew into my body. Um, now I'm a full size, you know, obviously the best I, my, my, my mind best 86 kilogram guy in the world. So, um, again, just, uh, looking forward to putting it back on the line in a couple of days.
0: Yeah. We, we can't wait for it. Um, talk a little bit about Penn state. Um, you know, they've had, Coach Kale's had two four-peats. You were part of the first one. And they're, it looks like they're they're loading up again. They're geared up for another run, potentially. Um, what have you seen? Or I don't even know the deal right now. Like, are you able to train around those guys at all? But have, what have you seen from this new young crop of of uh, Nittany Lions?
1: They're really good. <laughs> I mean, it is insane. I, it's it, They're just really good. I think just being around here for as long, I mean, I've been here since the beginning and kind of seeing the recruits that have come through and how they've developed and these kids are, I mean, they're as good, I think at this point in time as anyone that we've had in our lineup over the last 10, 11 years. So uh, just seeing them continue to develop and grow. And, you know, just, I hope that, you know, obviously a lot of their opportunities were taken from them last year because of COVID. Um, I hope that they have the opportunities to compete this year and really showcase their talent and skill. You know, they work hard, they got great heads on their shoulders, and they're extremely talented. So uh, I, I'm definitely excited to watch them go out and wrestle.
0: Awesome. What do you, uh, we, we talk a lot on FRL about Carter Starocki. Um yeah. what, big, what have you fan. seen from him? We're, we're pretty big fans.
1: You should be. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Carter is, I mean, Carter is unbelievable, honestly. Uh, he's, his future is really, really bright. And uh I mean, just, I think if you look at some of his matches that he's had over the last couple of months that he's wrestled, I mean, guys that have had close matches with good people for a long time, Carter's killing them. You know, and I think he just has this relentless, fearless mentality. He loves training and working out. He's he's like, he's a sponge. I mean, he does something once and he figures it out. He's, he, he feels it one time, he, fi- he figures it out. You know, those are unique things that not everybody has. Actually very few people have that. Um And he has that. So I mean, 174 pound college weight class better be on notice um, because uh, he's coming, coming like a freight train.
0: Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to watching Big Ten Wrestling. It's it kicked off yesterday. It started Mm -hmm. and obviously everyone will be in gear as of next week. I think Penn State opens on the 15th or 16th. So we can't wait for that. Um, We also can't wait for this evening's uh, events. I guess you obviously you were supposed to be on it, but um, Just your thoughts on, on the remaining 10 matches
1: on this card. Yeah, it's good. I'm excited for it. I mean, these, these cards just keep getting better and better and better. You know, I think, you know, each card that has been put on, um, guys are just more prepared. They've had more time to get back to training. Um, they've maybe multiple, we've wrestled before, uh, multiple times. So they've kind of got back into that routine. You know, I think during, okay. I mean, it really is what it is. The people that didn't do anything during COVID and took it as a break they're going to be behind. They're going to have a hard time catching up. You know, the guys mm-hmm. that trained during that COVID time, however they could, whether it was just in the garage, you know, like I got, I made a, gra- a gym in my garage and I was training in my garage even when I wasn't wrestling. So at least I had my cardiovascular shape, you know, I was used to pushing my muscles. Uh, so when it got back to getting into training, I didn't feel like I missed that much, you know, and some guys didn't do a lot and they were a little behind playing catch up. But at this point, most people have, have caught back up. Um, and I think that you've seen that. I think the level of competition has, increase each time so i'm excited for tonight i mean there's a lot of really talented uh, individuals obviously that are i probably as prepared as they've been uh to this point you know obviously we're getting pretty close to the olympic trials so this is mm-hmm. you know this is some people's uh you know kind of uh, run through probably before that there's not a lot of competitions and tournaments between now and then unless there's some more cards put on so uh i think long story short i i would expect to see the best wrestling that we've seen so far
0: yeah you know, thinking about, you know, kind of re- wrestling has kind of gone through a, a, a real shift and um, kind of evolved really with, with these cars. You've, we're seeing them all over the place now. And it's been as a kind of a supplement for, for competition for you guys because the USA calendar kind of got messed up and no Olympic trials, etc. So right now it's really servicing a need, but eventually everything is going to come back to normal. But I I mean, we at flow are really hoping that these are going to continue. And that something that's going to continue to grow. How good is it um, in your opinion that, you know, something like this gets established and is something that's going to kind of continue through, throughout wrestling.
1: There's been so much talk and emphasis on leagues and, and events and stuff. And I think that, you know, right now is a unique opportunity for to people to kind of understand how to how to sh- show your value in the wrestling community. You know, whether it's uh, you know, your program doing another program, uh, whether it's, you know, these you know, from an individual standpoint, you know, like what kind of numbers can you draw to kind of really determine your value? It's not just as much, yeah, well, we think, you know, we're worth this much th- to the big 10 or we think we're worth this much to flow wrestling or however it may be. Well, you can kind of put some statistics and data behind that now with these cards. So I think that's good for wrestling as a niche sport. Um, I also think that it's good for frequency of competition. Um, it's good to have multiple platforms that are giving wrestlers the opportunity as much from, from the, from every, from every wrestler, um, you know, we've seen them with elementary, middle right. school, high school, um, college and professional, which is awesome. And I think we're, we're getting close where we're going to, we could have, I mean, there's, there's different things, you know, you gotta kind of take into effect, but we could have a car with everything at, at one time and, and we think there might have been one of them already I, I can't remember off the top of my head so, which is pretty cool so uh, i think wrestling you know just isn't a a really good spot from top to bottom i think in terms of, of influences influencers um you know obviously providing opportunities and uh i hope i would say a hope but i i don't really think i, think I really need to say a hope because i just think that they're going to continue i just think yeah. that more and more opportunities are going to be presented um you know for people to and what's really cool about these matches is you're getting like opponents you know, no matter where your skill level is, and I think that is important. And you can again, you you wrestle like opponents. You know, one guy wins, one guy loses, one girl wins, one girl loses, um, and you can kind of set up another match down the road. And I think that uh, as that becomes more of, of a, a frequency in our sport, it can kind of just become as the nor- the normal moving forward. So it's pretty cool and pretty exciting to be a part of that.
2: Uh, hey, let me let me ask you this then. On on kind of on that note, um, I wrestle internationally for roughly 14 months. Um, and I always felt like if I had, if had, I continued, um, I wanted a a deeper schedule. I wanted to get 30 matches. Um, I, you know, a lot of people say the college season is a grind and it's too many. I I always enjoyed competing that much. Um, and I always felt it was a really important part to me getting better was actually stepping on the mat, competing, and then being able to evaluate afterwards and make adjustments. So when we're thinking about these pro cards and schedule, um, I always think like, because previously I've tried to do them and failed, and people said like, well, I can't fit into my schedule, or I'm only doing X amount of matches. So from a competitive standpoint, not not making money or anything, but from a competitive standpoint, what do you think is the right amount of matches for an international wrestler? And does it change from obviously when you're 22 and you graduate college to now you're a little older? Does that change for you, or are you kind of thinking about it the same way the entire time?
1: good question and i think it changes um i I think that there's a point in your career that you need to go out and go on the grind win or lose you need like you said you need 26 to 30 international matches a year uh just Mm -hmm. to go through the you know the travel the adjustment to travel the wrestling the different competition and a lot of it is just you know wrestling domestic competition wrestling foreign competition are way different because we have a domestic style and there's clearly an international style, and you gotta un, un, you gotta learn how to beat both styles. You know, you have to be able to make the team, and you have to be able to consistently beat four or five of those guys overseas. Um, and it's it's a it's a different feel. It's a different, uh, it's a different conditioning level. It's a different uh, emphasis on scoring and understanding when to score, when not to score. So those matches are so valuable. And I think you know, in doing so, you know, you, you are as an athlete, you are pulled in a lot of different directions. You know, yeah. with. Uh, with your RTC, with your own competition schedule, with the national team, um, you know, and then obviously working backwards from a world championship and a world team trials or Olympic and Olympic trials as well. So there's different kind of things, but I, I believe that now, uh, you know, everyone has maybe uh, something that they feel sets them up best to perform. You know, obviously I think you gotta, you gotta really peak twice. You gotta peak for your trials process. You gotta peak for the biggest, if it's the World Olympics. Um, and then you gotta work backwards on, on where you feel like. So, you know, as you get a little probably older in, in your career and you've had those matches and that success, probably less competitions, you know, obviously early on, you know, as younger guys, I, I urge younger guys out of college constantly, hey, you gotta go get on the grind, you gotta go to those matches. And because I think they're, you know, even from my own perspective, they were super valuable for me. But now that we have more cards available, to, you're getting that kind of frequency of competitions. And I think that's where the lull is after you get out of college is in college you're used to just the routine of Mm -hmm. weigh in wrestle Friday in the big tens Friday, Sunday, boom, 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 boom. You know, you you just, it's just, it's just there when you're done, you have to learn how to do it yourself. You got to look at your schedule. You got to plan your events. um, And you got to be able to kind of assess it as you go Um, be willing to ask for help. And, uh, and that's a tough thing, but now these competitions coming up, it kind of can put you back into that coaching mindset. So with these, with these, you know, young athletes coming out of, their college programs can kind of just fulfill right into that um, and, and continue to wrestle as they're preparing, which I think would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and you know another thing that Ben and I talk about often is like you know these guys and you, and you alluded to it how much you compete when you're when you're a D1 wrestler versus how how rarely we get to watch guys at the senior level and like you know in America the, huge. the collegiate style is is more popular than the senior level and I, and we think a big part of that is one, there's a university draw there, but two, just like, I can watch, you know, uh, Nick Lee, you know, 10, 15 times this year, right? Whereas if I wanna watch David or or some senior level guy, well, one, I'm gonna have to wake up at like 2 a.m. because you're wrestling, half of your competitions are gonna be overseas or whatever, and then a, a handful of domestic ones where, Whereas now, as these cars become more of a, of a fixture, I feel like that can help um, solve that problem of, of increasing the popularity of senior level. Because everyone knows it is by far the superior style. It's, it's the pinnacle of the sport. But right now, oh, it's... hold on.
2: David loves folk style, too. Don't, well, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I, know, <laughs> I know. I love folk style. But there's, there's no question that freestyle is the... Th- those are the best wrestlers in the world at the senior
2: level. Well, I don't know the best, the best wrestlers, but they the best style. It's, okay. up, it's up yeah, for Yeah, I'm not base. saying it's the best style. I'm <laughs> saying they're
0: the best wrestlers in What's the world. What's your
2: favorite style, David? Do you hate folk style now?
1: I just don't wrestle folk style anymore. The only time I wrestle folk style is when I'm and I'm <laughs> teaching in my club. And I got sometimes look back and be like, wait, what is the rule here? I got to remember what it is. I'll be saying to <laughs> like, David, that's not a rule anymore. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. well, you know what? Just don't do it anyways. Just don't do it. Uh, but... Uh, I, miss folks I miss, folk miss not wrestling. I mean, I think mm-hmm. what freestyle taught me really, really, you know, I had to learn that's part of my developmental process, you know, and, and, and making that transition is, you know, I used to be able I was a flippity floppity guy. You know, I could like roll underneath and I was a good scrambler and I could figure out how I could take it down freestyle that doesn't translate to freestyle at all. You're going to, yeah. you're going to give up easy points, you go fours and that's a really hard habit to break. I'm sure Ben, you can relate to it. Now I still have elements of that, that mm-hmm. I've been able to kind of translate. And I think that's where yeah. freestyle. Uh, is a good learning process, but I, I really miss mat wrestling on folk style. You know, that was, it was mm-hmm. definitely an opportunity to score a lot of easy points, you know, and I, I definitely miss that. Uh, so, I mean, I think that our folk style is, is adopting more freestyle rules. I would love, I think we need a push out rule in folk style, I think it eliminates so much. I think get rid of stalling. Stalling is so subjective. I hate, I hate the stalling calls. Just make it a push out on your feet. You know, I, we have to figure out something, you know, from the, from the mat, but I don't think there's as much stalling on the mat. I mean, guys are either riding, I mean, just, I think it it will get into this a little bit, but I feel like to earn a riding point, you have to turn somebody. I don't think it should be called a riding point anymore. So you could ride someone for two minutes if you want to, but you shouldn't be rewarded for it unless you turn somebody. So it's a turning point, you turn somebody, you can get your additional point. And then on your feet, uh, it should be a push out rule. No stalling calls anymore. So if you want to play the edge, you can push out of bounds, you have a point. And I feel like that will really translate us into freestyle a little bit faster. Um, you know, college wrestling is huge. It's like really as athletes, it's where you build your brand. That's where you build mm-hmm. who you are, your reputation. And that translates uh, obviously when you're done with college with your opportunities that you're gonna have. And then from a brand perspective, obviously guys, that, uh, guys or girls that compete frequently, they're more brand friendly. So I feel like if you can uh, tran- you know, continue to work on those folk style rules to adopt a little bit closer to freestyle, I think we're gonna have more success at a younger age. I think now with these cards, people can compete a lot more. And ultimately, as you build your brand, you're gonna have more opportunities to uh, represent your brand in these events. And I just feel like that can create a really good economy in the sport of wrestling.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's, uh? you, you mentioned you're, you're coaching your club, the M2 Training Center, how's that going? Are, are we gonna ever see an Askren Wrestling Academy versus M2 Training Center duel? We should do it. Yeah, definitely, fun.
1: we gotta do it. Ben and I talked about it a little bit. Uh, and I think that, uh, I think it will be a lot of fun. Club's going really well. You know, we have, um, a lot of hungry athletes that want to compete so bad this year. Right now, the PIA has got, we're kind of on hold on events, mm-hmm. but right now it's got this like crazy system where only eight people make the state tournament. Um, you know, obviously, uh, from the central area where most of our kids are, we got, it's the central, the Whippeal, uh, and the Harrisburg schools. All only, I think only four people make it out of there to the state tournament. And, and uh, and triple A and double A it's essentially the same region. So, I mean, basically uh, for our kids that make it to the state tournament, they're already guaranteed uh, top eight in the state. So it's a one day tournament, um, but you are really proven that you're probably gonna be one of the best because of where you have to go through to get there. So, you know, we have a good group really prepared. I mean, this is our fourth year at the club. A lot of these kids have been with us since day one that are really kind of being able to implement the system and mindset uh, required, I think to really be successful. So. It's, uh, it's exciting to see the growth of these kids. We have a great coaching staff and, uh, and like I said, they're just hungry to compete. They've been beating up each other for a long time. They're just looking forward to get some other competitions. Yeah,
0: I can imagine. Um, well, we're, we're looking forward to, to Wednesday, certainly. It, it's, uh, I'm really glad we were able to able to do this today, David. Um, don't want to take up too much of your or Ben's time, but uh, do, do you have anything else you want want to discuss before we let you go?
1: I mean, I uh, I just think that I'm I'm excited for this match. Really excited for this match. Um, I and in my career, you know, I've wrestled a lot of big matches. You know, I think in in high school, I bumped the weight class wrestled Colin Palmer. That was kind of like early on in uh, in those days. Epic. But it was a <laughs> it was match, so, you know? that was so ah. freaking awesome.
2: Don't even start comparing Colin Palmer versus David Taylor Dude, in high school. to What's going on right now. Listen, stop. Just stop. No, stop at yourself. the time that was stop ins- That was insane. That's a high school match. We're talking about world champions here listen
0: i know that just well, indulge I'm... me it was a, it was a huge at the time that didn't happen oh, in high school man. it's like yo just keep your number one ranking Call and keep your number one ranking it's all good the guys weren't bumping up and doing that You're kind of, of thing. world champions
2: here
1: i know they, he brought <laughs> well, it's it up a path though right yeah <sighs> it's a path it's a path i'm just saying like i think at an early age you know i always was never afraid to wrestle the best guys you know mm-hmm. I, was, I was always trying to wrestle the best competition you know all through my career you know that was kind of the first really big match that guys did that, you know? And I think obviously in college, again, you know, Kyle and Dake and I were different weight classes and we found a way to meet at 165, had a gigantic match. You know, I think that this, you know, these have all kind of set precedent to really where we are now. You know, I've wrestled in huge matches my entire life. And uh, this is obviously the biggest one, biggest scale, just because of, you know, where where we have been in our careers, um, our presence in the wrestling community. And listen, I'm, I'm super excited, super grateful, um, To have the opportunity to wrestle uh, a guy of this caliber and You know as a competitor, you know, you want to wrestle people that are the best, you know, Jordan's the best so I'm really looking forward to stepping on the line and and doing what I've been doing for a long time competing against the best guys and uh, I got some history rewrite for sure and I'm looking forward to that opportunity
0: Awesome, man. Well, we are certainly looking forward to it. We're all uh, Ben's not Ben might come. Who I knows? I'm
2: looking at thinking about it. He's he's looking into it. We're we're piling in a
1: van. You don't, on... go to, you don't wanna go to lovely Lincoln? It's like the <sighs> most beautiful city oh. in the entire world. <laughs> oh, I've man. been
2: to Lincoln a couple of times and I would not deem it the most beautiful city in the world. But you know, there might be reasons that I would want to go to Lincoln. So I'm I'm looking into flights because yeah, I, I you know, I was I was quite disappointed that I, I was uh not gonna see this this weekend and who knows when it's ever gonna happen now. I would have to change my schedule around, but I'm definitely thinking about doing it because it's gonna be epic.
1: A lot of sarcasm there with it being the most beautiful city. In the world. <laughs> yeah,
2: shots
0: fired at Lincoln, Nebraska. Jeez. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, um, you I'm guys gotta kidding. come to church. I though. just
1: was, I was, I was, uh, I was hoping it was gonna be in Austin. You know, I think you know Austin's a. Uh, it's been pretty cool the couple times I've been down there. But again, doing what we got to do to make this match happen. Super excited that we're gonna be able to do it. Gotta hope to. Me one more negative test. I'm ready to rock and roll, travel, and compete on Wednesday. Looking forward Boom.
2: to that. Here we go.
0: We're looking forward to it as well. Thank you so much, David. Thanks to Ben. Thanks so much to you guys for for tuning in tonight. Seven o'clock. We got a monster card headline by Adeline Gray, Tamara Mendoza, Stock a Pair of World Champions battling out headline in the card. And Wednesday, David Taylor versus Jordan Burroughs. We're working on the card as we speak. So for Ben Askren, David Taylor, I'm Christian piles Thanks so.